So what up, you guys? Happy Friday. I'm your host, Lauren, and this is Elo Designs Podcast, a creative podcast where other artists talk about their struggles as being a creative. So feel free to tune in to today's podcast. Okay. So you can just introduce yourself, you know, your name and who you are. <laughs> sure. Um, I'm James Dorr. I uh, am a motion designer, educator. Yeah. You know, <laughs> <laughs> and he's also my professor, former, former professor. <laughs> um, and I wanted to ask, um, so how did you get into this world of creativity? Like, were you always an artist or did you kind of like jump into it? Um, no, I was always an artist um, ever since I was very little. I used to draw. My mother used to take me to um, drawing classes and just like drop my sister and I off. And we would, you know, draw um, at this church in uh, New Jersey. Um, they used to have like these characters on the wall um, these, like, I guess most of them were ca cartoon characters and you would, or whatever, you would just pick something to copy. And I think that is the first drawing class kind of situation that I had. And I just really excelled at it. You know, I used to, um, sign up for different competitions, you know, and it was just a talent that I had. Mm, that's interesting. So, like, you are a known artist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as a little kid. <laughs> mm -hmm. And how did you get into, like, like as far as, like, schooling or, like, you know, I heard you went to, I remember you telling us you went to SVA. So, like, how was your experience at SVA? Yeah, I went to SVA in um, 1997 to 2001, so it was a little while ago. Um, I was, you know, like, so in high school, of course, I had um, AP art, and it was just, like, uh, the direction that I had chosen to go in. Um, but I wanted to, well, because it's, because I was, my parents were kind of, or my mother was helping to pay for school, it, she also had a say mm -hmm. <laughs> in like what I studied. So um, it had to be something that sort of was, uh, you know, something I can get a job in afterwards, you know, as opposed mm -hmm. to just fine art. Um, I come from a kind of a more of a blue collar family so um you know doing something along those lines made sense um yeah so i looked at a bunch of schools nearby you know um i wanted to be within uh like near enough to my family so I kind of went up through new york looked about the some of the suny schools um you know went to rhode island checked out RISD uh all the new york schools um i remember one day um a bunch of or a few students and i like there's probably three of us we um played hooky from school to go check out um pratt so it was <laughs> like showed up in our class and then we're like oh pratt's having an open house today let's skip out of here and we told our art teacher you didn't see us we just like ran out and, and uh went to brooklyn and uh it was in Bed-Stuy, and at that time, it's not like it is now, so it was a little, I was sort of like, okay, I don't know if I can do this. Um, <laughs> the elevator, um, like, stopped working halfway through the floor, so we all had to kind of climb out of the elevator. <laughs> and I was like, this is the... This is not <laughs> for me. <laughs> yeah. So then when I went to SVA, it was just like, this is it. 
it felt right. Um, you know, it's the only school I applied to and I got in. So it was a great experience. I mean, I kind of um, really sort of figured out who I was at the time. It was an eye opener in terms of um, how we are um, kind of, I don't know if not controlled, but like, Everything, you know, all the advertisements, all the media, it's all created by, there's always a perspective and everyone's trying to, you know, sell you something. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I think my eyes were kind of open to that world of um, advertising and uh, marketing. Mm -hmm. I feel like I kind of got the same feeling too when it comes to like, you know, going into this like design industry advertising industry just because it's like you start to realize you know how they want to sell it to you emotionally or how they you know go about it um so yeah it's funny how like i could go through the same thing and there's also like this netflix show it's called like the social dilemma and like after watching that documentary it was just mind-blowing because i'm like this is how the algorithm works or just something <laughs> like that but but after like um you know looking at that and there's also like an article about like the ethics of design and other things like that I don't know like that could take a toll on you because you're like oh my gosh I see how everything works like today I was learning about like automation marketing for like emails I'm like I am in <laughs> like it's like a connect but yeah I can I can relate though I can relate yeah and also I had some really great professors um uh one notable a couple notable ones Frank Young uh for graphic design and we used to start our class with a meditation. So I kind of learned about yoga and meditation at SVA as well. Um, I took a class. I, I just loved their, um, the classes that they offered for the humanities. So I took a Buddhist philosophy and yoga class. Um, and it was also eye-opening. And, and the same thing with that graphic design class, starting every class with a 10-minute meditation just to kind of, so everybody is sort of present and, you know, it was a really nice way to start the class. And I've stuck with that um, since then, you know. Um, so it's been, um, you know, so, has had an impact on my life. You know? I bet. That is so amazing. I'm sitting here, I'm like, that is a great idea for a class. Like, you know, because I, I, wanted, like, I was going to try that last semester, but it was like, <laughs> are we going to meditate on zoom <laughs> well yeah you know um and i don't know i wasn't really prepared to lead a meditation i mean it's not that it's very difficult but the teaching on zoom was enough of a challenge i guess <laughs> also it was a new class i had very little time to prepare for it um so you know but that i had thought about doing that mm -hmm. and do you still like stay in touch with your professors um, so I had for a bit, um, but it's been a minute since I've chatted with them. Um, I mean, some of them are still there. So in the uh, faculty meetings or whatever, Adrian LeBan, she was one of my professors. She taught a class called Originality. And oh, I took that course. <laughs> all right, yeah. Maybe we mentioned, we talked about that before. I don't know. But um, I never took her Originality course, but I heard really good things about it. So I took her um, advertising design for social change mm -hmm. uh, and I end up doing the portfolio class as well so and Chris Giannakos I don't know if he's still there he taught a portfolio class and a book design class so 
It's yeah. funny how the world works. <laughs> so how did you become a motion designer? Um, yes. Right. So yeah, we chatted a bit about um, my studies at SVA. Um, and one thing that I um, wrote down, like when you gave me this questionnaire, uh, was that I took a video art class. Um, and so this was, things were, you know, different in 1997, 98. Um, there was no smartphone. Um, so, but surprisingly enough, like the After Effects and Premiere, like their structure is kind of similar to how it is today. So I took a video art class and I loved it. Um, and I think at the time, I didn't really think much of it. I always sort of thought like, oh, motion graphic design would be so cool, but it's just maybe a little too complicated. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, or maybe it's just not my where my talent is. So <clears throat> I got into book publishing um, after like sort of while I was at SVA and uh, worked for um, American Showcase and Click, an archive magazine designing books, really, like the interior of books, kind of. Um, Ooh, that's uh, fun. Yeah, yeah, it was a lot of fun. And, but it was like a freelance thing, so I would only would work when they were in the design phase, and then I would, you know, work there when they weren't designing. Uh, and I just kind of, I don't know, it just sort of didn't really, it was not fulfilling for me. Mm. And I just sort of had a moment where I was like, Sitting at my um, computer, you know, and this, the office was in Soho, and um, I'm just like, I can't do this anymore. Mm. <laughs> it's like, wow. <laughs> oh no. Because I think, and this kind of speaks to the struggle, I think, of a designer. I just putting out your creative energy, and then having to revise it and revise it, and you know, you just start getting disconnected from it. And it's not even really, I don't know. I just like was not, I was just having a moment where I'm like, this is not what I want. Um, so I got up off my desk, went into the um, the woman who ran the company, <laughs> into her office. And I said, look, I'm just so sorry. I have to give you my notice because I can't do this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm done. I'm done. I'm can I cancel this. Yeah. Um, and... So she, she, uh, that was it really for that particular company, you know, and I, I, um, trying to think, I think that's when I went on a, I went, took a, uh, trip in Europe, taking the Eurostar, whatever the, um, you can get a Euro pass where like you get a certain amount of, you can ride the train so many times and like, certain amount of time uh, I think like 15 different countries or something anyway so I did that and um, kind of came back to New York and thought well I want to work in the I want to try the art world <clears throat> you know like maybe that's more my thing because I always the struggle I guess is art you know am I an artist or am I a designer um, and when I'm designing I'm not, I'm, am I, I'm not really fulfilling the art part <laughs> that's that's what i'm going through right now too like oh. i get exactly what you're saying like because i'm i'll post things like brand projects i want to create brands but then it's like 
I create artwork. I like to, um, so should I show my artwork through my design work or should I, you know, create brands and help brands? Like, do I want brand, do I want brands to work with me for my art or do I want to create brands for people? Like, that's what I'm kind of like stuck on, but no, I get what you're saying, but continue, continue. Because <laughs> this story is very interesting. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah. So, um, that was my struggle, right. Which is why I was like, well, let me try, um, you know, working in the art world a little mm -hmm. bit. And so I <clears throat> had gone to a talk about this uh, nonprofit called iBeam, and they were talking about this. Um, there was an art and technology center in Chelsea, and they um, had a talk, I think it was at Parsons or something, about this new beautiful building they were going to be um, building. And the architect, Stiller and Scafidio, had won this sort of competition. It was just like a really cool, it sounded like a really cool organization. So I just went up to them after and, you know, so I was really interested. Um, they told me to reach out. And so I ended up um, opening, like I would open and close their gallery. So all the work was electronic. So I would open the gallery, turn on all the art pieces. And then, you know, of course I was like the front door person. Uh, and <clears throat> They, anytime they, so they also had signage, right, in their, their space. So I did all the signage and designed all the signage. And then I started designing all their marketing material. And, you know, so I was doing design for this art um, nonprofit, you know, I mean, and I, it was more satisfying, for sure, because I was a little more creative freedom. Um, postcards, you know, like designing kind of cool postcards. Uh, and just being in that, around that energy made a difference for me. Um, so, but I was really interested in the artwork and I would troubleshoot the, the pieces. So I would have to call the artists and figure out what I had to do because they all had some kind of a computer processor, you know, or some sort of complicated component. Um, so I'd get kind of instructions. And, um, and at the same time, I was volunteering at Creative Time, which is also a nonprofit. Um, and they are they at the time I'm sure they still are they were focused on creating um, or producing public art pieces around the city so that was fun too you know kind of go around and you know help out either with the technical issues on various art projects um, but I ended up just having a better relationship with the folks at IBM and I ended up staying there for like four years it was the so that was kind of my experience working as a designer in the art world. Um, mm -hmm. And um, yeah, and then I kind of got tired of that. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> you have a limit. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, um, well, I think I came, came across sort of not, not being valued or feeling like I wasn't being valued. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I can get that. Yeah, so I was kind of... Um, doing all this work and I was I really wanted to be a full-time staff I guess for and sometimes I don't like in hindsight I look back and I'm like I actually had it pretty good because I was getting paid to open the gallery and then on top of that I was getting paid to do the design stuff so I was like double dipping in a way I was like making the whatever it was I don't know how, many, how much an hour I was getting to sit there and open the gallery but then I was uh, on top of that because I was doing the work while I was there I get paid on top of that so it was actually a pretty good deal mm. but um the president of the of the nonprofit was supposed to have a meeting with me and he kept on delaying it and moving it 
And finally, we, you know, scheduled the time and I show up and he never showed up. So I'm like, I'm done here. <laughs> You're like, I'm done. I'm out. <laughs> I, yeah, the next like week I was on the train to California because I was like, <laughs> well, damn. yeah, I'm like, I think I need a break. I need to, at the time I had a coach as well, like a uh, life coach. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I want to move to California, but I was making such a stressing so much about it. And she's like, why don't you just go visit? I'm like, oh my God, that's such a smart idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I don't know why I didn't think of that. <laughs> yeah, like, this <laughs> I was like, I had to like, stress about moving there before I even went there to visit. I'm like, mm-hmm. I guess that's why I had a coach. <laughs> yes, <laughs> looks like you needed it. <laughs> yeah, so. Yeah, so I took the train out there, like Carrie Bradshaw, and um, in Sex and the City, you know, mm. um, this is California Zephyr, and um, I fell in love with San Francisco, and so I flew back, bought a station wagon, and ended up moving there, and um, I actually still work for IBM remotely. Anyway, that's how I got into teaching. So then I got kind of into teaching with all that. <laughs> you just got in, wait, you got into teaching like um, in Cali or or remotely? Yeah, that's kind of where it started because I started volunteering for um, a place called Creativity Explored and it, it um, was a place for people with developmental disabilities to go and make art. So I would go and just sort of work with them. Um, and, you know, I felt like I guess I wanted to give something back or do something more meaningful, you know, mm-hmm. like them. So that's sort of how that started. And... Um, I also had um, applied for an artist residency through AmeriCorps. I don't know if you've heard of AmeriCorps, but um, it's sort of like Peace Corps, but domestic. <clears throat> and um, so I had applied to this program in, in uh, New Mexico and was accepted. So I went there and taught there for a year, bringing art into the classrooms. So it was like a charter high school for kids who had been either kicked out of all the other schools or they were an artist or something about them was kind of, they didn't like the, the public school system or, you know, so it was kind of an, an opportunity for some of the outcasts. <laughs> and it was a lot of fun. It was really a wonderful experience. <clears throat> so anyway, I came back to New York, went to grad school. I mean, I've done a lot, so I don't know if my whole life story. <laughs> I know, I'm like, uh, like this, is, this is a long story, but the thing is, it's like, you do a lot. Like, I didn't realize the life of a designer could be so, like, so interesting, interesting when it comes to, like, what they do and how they got there. Because that is true. It does run deep. <laughs> it does, it does. I mean, I even, like, yeah, the whole teaching thing was, I mean, it makes sense because that's what I do now as well. So I kind of feel like everything kind of, has come together um and the whole time all these decisions i made i was really just following my um passion and my instinct and saying you know trying to live in the moment um and take risks and do something different you know i mean i always sort of felt like well i don't want to um have a boring life (laughs) that's true so and i just sort of like Everyone was telling me, well, you got to travel now or you're not going to do it. You know, I'm like, I'm going to travel all the time, but I'm definitely going to do it now. <laughs> yes. um, and um, yeah, so, so I came back to New York actually after I, and then I ended up in Honduras teaching there. <laughs> it's like, her, what was that? Like... <laughs> anyway, yeah. 
when, okay. when I came back to New York, got my master's and uh, worked in downtown theater doing video stuff again. So that's kind of where the video came back. Mm -hmm. And I pretty much taught myself After Effects um, and then ended up at HBO and been there for 10 years. Another thing too is like, I should start off with like starting off as a motion designer. Like, because this is the thing. I'm struggling with After Effects. I'm trying my best. And like school has, is like near, like it's about to start, right? So I'm sitting here, I'm like, bruh. It's not like I don't know After Effects because obviously I took your class. But I'm saying like, I'm trying to get better at it. And I'm just like, I don't know where to start. And mm. I look at different things like School of Motion and all this. I know, the, I know the resources, but it's like the motivation to actually like get up and learn it and not get frustrated in the process. Because I'll do it and I'm just like, like I forgot how frustrating it is to learn application again because with like photoshop and design illustrator i'm like boom i already know where to go and if i need something i know where to go but then it's like a new application i'm just like what the hell <laughs> like i can't do this but but um but yeah how do you like do you have any advice for that too like as far as like starting out as a motion designer or like even after effects tips <laughs> like just starting out like where to go trying to think of like how i because so uh, the first time i well like after obviously I that class at SVA, which was kind of an intro to it. Um, and I did go get a master's degree in interactive telecommunications. So it was like, I learned a lot about technology in that program. Um, it was at Tisch at NYU. And it kind of taught me to not be afraid to, um, of like technology, not be afraid of computers. <laughs> I mean, I already it's, knew how to design, I knew all the applications, but like we learned some programming language and we like built in the, these little um, physical computing, like kind of interactive objects and um, soldering and all that kind of stuff. So when, uh, for my master, for my thesis uh, presentation, I wanted to have a video behind me, um, kind of like, of, or I wanted to have a moment where I had a video pre that I could just explain, you know, because I kind of made this like, um, made up this world and the whole thesis was like that I was from this world giving a presentation about you know so I had this I had to teach myself what ex exactly what I needed for that um, for that video and it was basically like an image I, I just made a really long tall image that I just scrolled <laughs> and that was the motion but it worked because it was moving you know so that was really like my first kind of um, getting back into After Effects. And then after um, I graduated in 2008, which was a challenging year because of the uh, economic crash. And it was like, there were not many jobs. Uh, I had like, I taught at St. John's University for a semester and it was a great, I loved it. I taught a graphic design class. Um, and and then I, you know, they, I didn't, wasn't, brought back because um, they, everything was just like, they cutting budgets everywhere, you know? So there was nothing really to do, no work. Mm -hmm. <laughs> My friend and I, uh, who was Piyama, we went to ITP together. We obviously still had access to all the um, technology, all the like cameras and whatnot, um, which was nice. Um, this is a very supportive community at ITB. So we, we went and we borrowed cameras and we did this um, video project where we traveled the perimeter of Brooklyn. <laughs> oh, damn. 
<laughs> yeah. So like every morning we'd wake up and um not every morning, but like, you know, on the weekends or whatever. I mean we weren't doing anything, so it probably was basically every morning. <laughs> Meet somewhere and we'd be like, Okay, we're gonna do this portion today. And, you know, starting whatever Williamsburg we walk as close to the border as we possibly could be. So on the water, all the way up into Greenpoint, all the way up to where it meets Queens, and then, you know, through all some random places that, like, so in some places we would take a train because they basically would go on the border and then record footage out, uh, from the train, but we were basically recording as much as we could along the border. Um, and like all the way to the, um, where is that by the water? Um, kind of by like Reese Beach. Um, I learned so much about Brooklyn. <laughs> I, mean, I, I bet. There, but um, you know, I had never gone to, never traveled on the border. Actually, I haven't done it again since then. But <laughs> um, we, so we took all this footage. We had so much footage. <laughs> I can't imagine. <laughs> it was for a uh, festival, a film festival. We got uh, accepted to some like video film festival. And it was a nine channel video installation so that we had, um, you know, nine different videos playing at the same time in the, in the round, right? So it was like, it was kind of a rectangular room. So there was like maybe three projections over here, three over here, and, or four and four and two. I don't know. It was like everywhere, basically, video against each other, like one right next to the other in the round. And we, organized all the footage um, kind of based on color. So it was like, uh, and it was just really beautiful and it was a lot of fun. And obviously we had to work with all this footage. So we had to edit all the footage and doing that, I learned more about, you know, I think, I don't know if maybe we use Premiere or After Effects, but um, so I feel like these little projects sort of throughout <laughs> my career kind of like, I kept on learning a little bit more and demystifying a little bit more about the software um, so that um, so that was like one example but also at HBO in 2014 they had a rebrand and I was um, looking for a new opportunity within HBO and so I said oh I know after that I mean I knew a little bit um, I can help <laughs> mm -hmm. so um, they're like okay this you know we what what we what I was working on was um, broadcast graphics and it was um, all these like next on previously on you know uh, are part of the broadcasting design world and they were trying to automate them so I figured out how we could use After Effects and automate so that we could they could pull it could pull content directly from the spreadsheet and then drop it into the the uh, template so there's like a lot less for a person to do mm -hmm. and that doing that I learned actually quite a bit about After Effects I mean there were late nights I was like a lot of times I sort of I think the thing is I take on projects that are a little too challenging for me but not so challenging that I can't succeed mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's like um, pushing my limits a little bit and I feel like that's how I've learned um, so maybe it's not trying to figure out everything that After Effects can do, but maybe there's something that you, you know, like a scrolling image or, you know, transitioning. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Pick something and then try and tackle that one thing. Okay. 
I think that's true though. And I think even like your first point to not being afraid of technology, it's not like I'm afraid of it, but that is like a good point. Cause it's like, it can be so intimidating to just start like something in technology. I'm like, oh my gosh, like I'm doing animation now. And I'm just like, why is this so hard of an obstacle to jump? <laughs> but uh, it's like, there's a whole nother component, which is the time component that mm-hmm. um, I add so many different um, I guess the problems, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I think in the end it still goes back to sort of like the design principles, you know, and like scale and um, color, and you know, so familiar with that. Just was it started with really that HBO thing. I mean, that's why HBO. That's why I've been there for so long. <laughs> mm-hmm. I kept keep on learning new things. So. Yeah, and how is HBO? How is that? <laughs> <laughs> it's fun. I you know I like working for um, I like working for HBO. I think it's a good brand. I like working in the entertainment industry. I think what happened was like um, so HBO is really like my first real full time corporate gig, mm-hmm. um, and before that I was just doing a bunch of freelance stuff. I mean the like um, the month before I started HBO. I was doing, I was designing projections for a theater, down to, for uh, various theater, or I was engineering a video systems for theater. So like a production that has lots of projections, maybe it has a robot camera, has all these sort of different things. So I was kind of doing that sort of stuff. Um, and I remember the month before I accepted the position, I had like so many jobs going on. I was like I was working on a theater um, project in at SUNY Purchase, so I was doing that. And then I also was working on a friend's theater project in the East Village. So I was doing that, and then I was also fabricating um, these like kind of little panels for um, maybe they're like eight by ten inch panels for the British Airways headquarters, um, which just three letter acronyms. So I just um, basically had like, I don't even know, like maybe 600 of these things. And I set up a little, um, what would you call it? Um, like a little factory. <laughs> Me and I hired my sister. <laughs> I'm like, Sarah, do you want to, she didn't have like work at the time. So I was like, do you want to help me with this? And we set it up in my brother's um, auto body shop and um, spray painted all of these uh, acronyms on these uh, white panels and then I had to deliver them to the gallery and then the gallery gave them you know to the British Airways um, and but I was just driving around everywhere non-stop I, it was exhausting I was just like running around like a nut and I think they probably made like around four thousand dollars that month and it was a lot of work and um, that was like the most I had made in a month at that time um, because I mean, there was a time where I didn't even have a checking account because I had no money. <laughs> and that was after the crash in 2008. It was like, it was bad. Um, so I was like, oh, this is good. I, you know, and like the work was coming to me. <laughs> yeah, it is good. Yeah. And then HBO thing was like, ooh, a full time job with health benefits and vacation. And like, I mean, Maybe I should try this. <laughs> Maybe, you think? <laughs> <laughs> but I really had to sit with it because I had another opportunity at the same time, which was um, 
uh, to work with the theater company, um, the Wooster Group. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. They're also, they have a performing garage. Um, I think they might be known more as the performing garage, but it's in Soho. And they are like really respected theater company. I, I knew some people there and they offered me a position, a full-time position as well. Um, and I, um, it, I had to really sit with it and try and figure out what was the right decision for me. And it was difficult. And I actually often kind of go back to that moment and think, what if? <laughs> Which I know, you know, you're not really supposed to do. There's nothing we can do, I can do about it. Mm -hmm. But sometimes I do wonder, what if I had decided to go down that road? You know? But then again, I've done so many random things. Like, well, not random, but I've done so many things in all these sort of different capacities with my art skills, my design skills, that, I mean, it might have just, who knows where it all is going to lead. But um, the what the, the deciding factor was I just couldn't support myself on the salary that they were offering. Mm -hmm. And um, I had a taste of what it was. I think this it was like kind of while I had started, I started HBO, but I was a supplemental. So I was like, somebody was out on maternity leave and I was basically taking the place where they were away and they decided not to come back. So they, that's how I ended up staying. And it was like, really, it just came down to, I need to support myself. I can't be, um, I got to start, get back to paying back my loans. I got to, um, it's nice having health insurance. I mean, I guess it was, <laughs> yeah. it was just like, that's what it came down to. I had to make the decision based on that, which was a little painful because I do the work in, like working in theater was really satisfying for me. Um, but then again, I still was, it still had to work like this is still work it felt like you know um so that's sort of i was like you know what work is work and we're both in the design field let me keep this see where this can go because at the time uh, i was at hbl i was um what the heck was my title something coordinator i don't know it's like um i was like looking at i was like the screen um shows or whatever and i would like pick moments to capture um that would then be put on hbo go and like that would be the little thumbnail that you can click on to see the show or whatever. But anyway, things are good at HBO. I'm ready for the next challenge there. And I think that it's going to be coming my way, I hope. So that's good. Yeah, that's I've, I've been able to grow and I've been able to kind of um, uh, be in charge a little bit of what I do there, which is nice. Mm -hmm. um, it's good culture. Um, yeah creative people, smart people. Mm. Um, I want to get back to your struggles <laughs> of a design, I guess. Let's see, what are my struggles? I mean, I think the biggest one is, which we kind of talked about, um, the work, you know, the work of a designer and the making the money and supporting yourself. Um, I guess like that's why I struggle is that, <clears throat> um, I like making art too. I like drawing, I like figure drawing. I, I want to be, I guess I want, I would, if I didn't have to do design uh, for like a living, if I could do whatever, I mean, it probably wouldn't be too different, but maybe a little more, um, more of art pieces, my own personal stories, um, you know, that kind of thing. But um, so I'm still figuring that out. 
you know, how, how to um, find the satisfaction in the work, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, like, I like learning new things. So for me, if a job, if I can keep on learning new things in a job, that's enough to kind of keep me interested. Mm -hmm. Learning new skills, um, that kind of stuff, you know? Do you feel like teaching has helped you too, like, in a way, as far as, like, with that type of fulfillment of, like, you know, oh, yeah. artist and designer? It's very fulfilling. Um, I, I like the social aspect of it. Um, <clears throat> just sort of getting to meet new people and being inspired by students, you know. It gets me excited about design to see other people excited about it. Mm -hmm. And... Um, and also, as a teacher, um, learning new software. It's keeping me fresh, you know. I feel like sometimes in the corporate world, it seems like people get a little stagnant. They get a little comfortable. I've, you know, like, seen people have the same job for, like, 20 years, you know. And, I mean, that's, I don't think there's anything wrong with being in the, in the same company for that long. But, I, you know, keep on growing, keep on, you know, evolving I guess a little bit but then again if you're comfortable everybody's different so like if you're comfortable with your job and you know I guess for me um I think my partner told me he's like well I was stressing about something because I've maybe um said yes to too many things and he's like well you are an overachiever <laughs> so, <laughs> um you know there's nothing wrong with being overachiever no. <laughs> you like what you do <laughs> right that's right um, as long as you can balance everything, mm -hmm. you know, but uh, I guess, um, I don't know. And then, I mean, the other thing is like, what, um, I think if I take a moment to relax, like a moment to, to do some meditation or some, um, breathing, <laughs> it does kind of center and calm me down because I feel like sometimes we get so obsessed with what where we're supposed to be or where we think we should be and we need just need to be happy with where we are a little bit or proud of ourselves for how far we've come you know like sometimes if i take a moment i'm like you know what you've done really well you've gotten yourself to this point um you're doing a good job you're talented you're like don't because sometimes i will kind of i think we can be our our um worst enemy sometimes yes we really i mean i know i can be very hard on myself and um, so I think sometimes we just need to give ourselves a pat on the back and, you know, a little love, a little self-love. No, I think that's true. I think I, I get myself in those moments, too, where I have to say, like, we focus so much on what we need to do, where we haven't been, why we're not there. But we don't realize and look back like, I've done a lot of cool things, though, or I'm really, like, successful at this. And this is what I did. Mm -hmm. And I think taking a look back on it, it's like that self-motivation. Mm. Yeah, it's very fulfilling um so yeah i guess like i'm gonna wrap up this podcast too because sure. it's getting to like three and i don't want to go past my time um so would you do you have any final advice for any like young listeners out there or young designers starting out anything like that um well i so <clears throat> some things that i wrote down your question was on one of your on your uh, what you call it a little document here <laughs> um, <laughs> lessons that I've learned and so I feel like um, I would say just follow your instinct 
I think learning just trusting my instinct has really been helpful with my current role. Um, and just in general, following your instinct and your gut. Um, <clears throat> speak up for what you want, you know, like if you're in a position, um, as my mother's said this to me before, the squeaky wheel uh, gets the grease. So if you're in a situation and you want something, ask for it. Um, sometimes you have to ask more than once, you know. Um, and the other thing was that I already mentioned was give yourself a pat on the back. Um, and the other thing, learn to let go. I feel like this was a big challenge for me when I started um, working with other motion designers, like, in, and they kind of, because I had too much work that I had to give some of it to somebody else. That was really hard. Yes. <laughs> like, we, giving them my work, like, I, I want this. I want to mm -hmm. do And the interesting thing is, like, it, it was a process, and, like, now I'm fine with it because <laughs> I'm doing more art direction now. So I'm like, you know, I'm okay with that. But initially, it was very difficult. So I think learning to let go is, uh, um, can be a powerful um, thing. That's, that's true, though. And it can be so hard. I feel like I get that moment, too. Like, I think that's probably why I've been so, like, nervous as far as getting into, like, a corporate job or a corporate design studio or anything like that. Just because I am so used to being the head of whatever I do. Mm -hmm. I create this. I create this. I do this. I design for this person. So it's like, I think that's. You're like a one-woman show. Yeah, and it's like, I get nervous. I'll probably like, and it's not about trust or anything, but it's like, this is my baby. This is my work. I have right. to give it to you. Like, I have to pass it off. But that's why I kind of want to be in that experience, though, at the same time, because I want to get over that. Yeah. And yeah, letting go is hard. But yes. Oh. Okay, so I'm going to wrap up this podcast. Hope you guys listen to the next podcast. And always remember to do what your art desires. <laughs>